Support for this podcast is brought to you by literally nobody and nothing because nobody wanted to advertise with this movie and we didn't want to advertise anyone with this movie. Enjoy the show. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. <laughs> all right, guys. I think that uh, I think anybody who has seen this movie understands where Anthony is coming from and why we made that uh, decision to turn down all of the ad revenue that we usually get uh, because of this this movie itself. Uh, before we jump in too far, though, we are discussing uh, the 2014 Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. Razzie Award winning film. Multiple Razzie Award winning film. But okay. I'm going to go on a tirade any second right now, so I'm going to hold my tongue. First of all, how was your week, guys? Mine was ruined by this movie. <laughs> my store of Christmas cheer was depleted with this movie. Anthony, it looks like your heart yeah. shrunk two sizes. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've never felt more Grinch-like. It's true. One thing I it do not like, only shrinks I, heart sizes, it shrinks, it shrinks brain cells to watch this movie. I'm <laughs> dumber for having one. I'm on West Coast, time, um, so I'm recording earlier, and I kind of like it, guys. I'm also in a hotel room with nobody around to distract me, so... Um, yeah, can I, just, I can't get used to this. <laughs> can I say before we jump into the film itself that we should retroactively rename the month of March Bad Movie Month for the most part because we've covered some terrible films in a row. We really did not do a good job spacing them out. But you know what's weird about yeah. that? I would have expected, a, based on what we've done, a steady decline in downloads. But Anthony, you pointed out Yesterday was our biggest download day since uh, the beginning of January. So either people are really <laughs> Christmas spirit or they are gluttons for punishment. Or maybe there's the third option that they hate us and like seeing us miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Julia. Well, if that's the case, this will be a good week for them. <laughs> speaking of, of self-hatred, uh, do you want to give us the awesome plot synopsis? Absolutely. In what may well be the single most self-indulgent tripe ever written, produced, and starring a self-righteous narcissist, Kirk Cameron saving Christmas is a hodgepodge of poor choices glued together in a, quote, movie. Seeing the world around, failing to properly celebrate Christmas in Cameron's own image, he awkwardly injects himself into what appears to be poor improvisation of his family members at a Christmas party to answer his brother-in-law Christian's objections to secular creep into Christmas by offering Cameron's own revisionist historical ideas that are baseless at best. If your Christmas holiday is in need of a self-absorbed, C-list 1980s TV sitcom actor who is convinced only he can save the beloved celebration of Christ's birth, this movie is for you. That I was think awesome. That's my favorite synopsis. 
so far. I wrote it. I'm going to take 100% credit for it. I'm also going to submit it to IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know that I've ever written anything I'm more proud of than that. Please and I do. And I, and I did. I put it together in my head on the tram over from the conference to, uh, to my hotel as I was feeling a little bit uh, angry about even discussing this movie. All right. So... What are your histories of this movie, guys? Julia? Tuesday on YouTube. Uh, that was my first watching and my last definitively. We, we all watched it on YouTube. And the fact that a 2014 movie is on YouTube in full, not hidden, should tell us something about what we're getting ourselves into. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, watched it Tuesday on YouTube as well. Yesterday, I mean, Monday on YouTube and yeah mine was monday too i just realized it was tuesday i'm sorry it was such an awful movie you felt that it spanned days pretty much it's only a 79 minute movie and it took me seven hours to watch because i could only do it in 10 minute chunks four days (laughs) four days it was so bad i was in the airport and i had to stop watching it because Watching the people around me was far more interesting and less uh, uh, aggravating, even though my flight was late, than watching this film. Oh, I love watching people at the airport, though. Let's go over the uh, credits. This movie is written, well, this movie is directed and co-written by Darren Don, Don? I don't really care how to pronounce his last name. He also played the uh, moronic Christian brother-in-law. It's also written by... uh, Justin Hervey, who, surprise, surprise, have no other credits to their names. <laughs> Kirk Cameron plays himself as only a narcissist could pull off in this film. And his sister, not Candace Cameron Burr, who we see in all other Christmas movies. And I've seen some really bad movies with, Chris, with uh, Candace Cameron Burr. She is not in this movie, but his sister Bridget, that nobody has ever heard of, is in this movie also as herself. That's my first note on this film, guys. Candace Cameron Burr. She's she's an interesting, to phrase it nicely, person in real life too with some interesting... Uh, she's interesting, to put it nicely. And Kirk Cameron couldn't even get her to star in this movie with him. She even thought this script was too crazy. She must have. I, why, she would never turn down a Christmas film. She must have read this thing and been like, I want to stay miles away from it. And good on you, Candace Cameron Burr. You... She releases like six new Christmas movies every year now. And, and this is not one of them. Yeah. And you know what? The fact that she stayed away from this one, I will remember that when I'm creating her other movies. Whenever I want to give them a very low score, I'm going to realize, I'm going to remember, she stayed away from Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. I have to give it a point for that. All right. My quick question for you. So we're going to discuss the general plot, overall feeling, likes and dislikes of the movie. Let's just get this out of the way. Do any of you have any redemptive element for this film? Guys, I love this movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, um, I do have one redemptive element. One, literally one. And it was basically 15 seconds in when he's talking about why he loves Christmas and he's rattling off the things people love about Christmas. I'm like, oh, maybe this won't be so bad. And then it takes a quick turn 15 seconds in and he starts acting crazy. So yeah, the first 15 seconds when he's sitting in front of that tree saying, I love the trees, I love the stocking, I love whatever. I'm like, yeah. I like all that too. And then he goes crazy and I'm like, yep, I'm done. So my one thing as well is in the first bit of the movie. And if you take him out of it, 
the scene is quite lovely. Yes, it looks very I like Christmassy. The tree, the fire is pretty. Their stockings are super cute. But I mean, again, you'd have to really take him out of the picture for me to really enjoy it like I should. If you muted all of them and took him out and just played some lovely Christmas orchestral music over it, it would be the picture perfect scene at that point. It'd be like your new screensaver from Netflix, like the crackling fire. It could be your wonderful indoor Christmas scene. Yeah. Just on loop. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> so let's jump into dislikes. And I'm going to start from the very beginning, pre-intro to Kirk Cameron. That awful artwork <laughs> that, they, that they created, the scene of the traveling to Bethlehem and this is me. They even correctly put in a cave and I still hated it. But my yeah. question is why did the credits last so freaking long that we're watching this animation that just stops credits are still going opening credits are still going. And they're showing me stills from the animation that I just watched. <laughs> it, it's a 79 minute long movie. I am convinced I didn't time it that the credits lasted at least nine of those minutes. They probably needed uh. those nine-minute credits to get it a theatrical release. I'm going to go ahead and pause right now and let Anthony go watch that intro and time it for us. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know we've had our disagreements in the past, but I did not think you hated me, Tom. I refuse. <laughs> um, well, no, the horrible intro comes after the, the browbeating in oh, front of the lovely Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, then I'm going to take it before the horrible intro and go, you're sipping on an empty cup of hot chocolate, man. Obviously empty. You can't obviously even fake. empty. You can't fake drink it. And the director is so bad, he keeps, he can't even hide it. Like, oh, just fill it with something. So you're swallowing something. That's what she said. But, oh, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> this movie is the first movie I've seen on Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't, again, I said this in the past, I don't give them too much credit, but I will agree with them here. It has, on the tomato meter, it is a flat 0%. The average uh, rating from professionals, from critics, is 1.7 out of 10. On the audience score, even after, okay, so backstory, this movie was flayed by viewers by critics everybody i mean it just was universally seen as a horrible movie kirk cameron felt slighted and launched his social media campaign encouraging the fan of this movie to go on to <laughs> to go on to rotten tomatoes and leave positive reviews as a result after all of that that he did out of 22,000 ratings he was able to get it up to a 1.9 out of 5 and 30% of the people liked it. Uh, he couldn't save the IMDb score. Still one of the lowest rated movies on IMDb, which lists every freaking movie known in existence. Yep. Including bad student films that have never seen the light of day. Which, by the way, I've seen a million student films that are better than this piece of garbage. Like, this guy, did he... Uh, I don't get it. Not only is the hot chocolate cup empty, but like... Whoever thought it was a great idea to put 20 seconds of silence in front of him drinking from said empty cup, then he drinks from said empty cup, and then another 20 seconds of silence while he stares crookedly at the camera. If you're going to break the fourth wall, at least look directly at the camera to do it. Yeah. Don't look halfway cockeyed off, just enough to irritate everybody watching. I mean, ugh, I, 
Oh, Marty was with me when I was watching that opening scene. He was sitting next to me on the couch. And by the third time he picked that freaking hot chocolate cup up, I looked at Marty and I'm like, if I see another effing hot chocolate cup, I am going to hit somebody in the freaking face because I cannot handle it. That was, oh, I mean, it, I yeah. was raging at that point. And that's what, well, eight and, and to 10 minutes. Maybe. The, the, the continual references throughout the film of hot chocolate were also a bit on the cliche side. Oh, I never thought uh, I would hate a hot chocolate bar, but I do now. When the actor who was clearly only included because he's a token black guy and the other guy are just sitting behind one another, sipping their hot chocolate, talking about the quote unquote war on Christmas. Oh my God, guys, that scene they ruined hot chocolate for me. This movie ruined every aspect about Christmas for me. Yeah, I mean, if you're okay with veering a little bit out of order of the events of the movie, Tom, is that okay? Let's talk yeah, about yeah, that token sure. black guy real quick. Because, like, not even 20 seconds before he shows up into the movie, um, Kurt Cameron mentions the snow globe and how, you know, it's more than a snow globe. I mean, we look at stuff now and it's overly, what does he say? It's full of white people and it's full of blah, blah. He makes some reference to how snow globes are technically incorrect as far as usually they're white people, right? Which he's accurate about in most cases. But then he goes on to show flashbacks and Mary and Joseph are shocker, white people. And he, he adds this character in who's clearly only in there because he's black and he totally offensively has him make these claims about ir being irritated at work, not being able to wear the t-shirts he wants to wear. And this guy even mentions marching because of that cause. And my, he references my people and he's like a caricature and, and he's saying this stuff over a t-shirt. I, I mean, laughable. are you kidding me? It is, it is laugh. It would be laughable if it weren't so offensive. And that I'm I want to piggyback off the offensive so word because this movie it's, it, uh, it's offensive to everyone. It's offensive to black people. It's offensive to Christians. It's offensive to people who only celebrate the commercial aspects of Christmas. This movie, I can't imagine being anyone with any type of belief and not being offended by this movie. It was awful. It was God awful. And that's why it has to be so low on every website. It's rated on. It's pure trash. I just, it is. So I can't. Let's, let's move on. So we see, we see this party that they're having this, this family Christmas party where nobody is having fun. I mean, it just, it is so staged and fake. And I'm convinced that there's no script here because if you listen to people talking, it's, it's, they're non sequiturs. There's stuff that's just randomly hodgepodge together. The only thing that seem really scripted are the tirades that Kirk Cameron jumps on. Um, and he, so he's, he's there and his sister is uh, again, not his one, you know, is throwing the party. He's talking about how great her party is. And he's there with his nieces and, and nephews. And uh, their dad is just, he's just not there. So we go, we see him off in the corner. It's filmed like a B-rate genre horror film when we meet him. The way he's, he's hunched over, looking so intense in this chair. It doesn't look like he's upset about Christmas. It looks like he's about to murder his entire family. So Kirk Cameron goes and talks to him. And he's convinced, uh, and he talks about the secular creep, the, the war on Christmas that, it's it's this it's derivative of the war on Christmas and and I've heard it from people who want to say we shouldn't have Christmas trees because they weren't Christian we shouldn't have you know any of this stuff because 
it's, it's not Christian. And, and that in and of itself comes from a very uneducated and ignorant perspective. I'm sorry if you fit, fill into that camp. If you'd like to message me personally, we can go into great depth and detail about that. But the Christmas trees are a now quite old Christmas tradition that were adopted, despite what Kirk Cameron says, they did come from Germanic pagan rituals, but this is tree that shows life in the middle of winter that's still alive. And it's a reminder of who Christ is. Um, the early church did not see it in a connection to the cross the way Kirk Cameron tries to, um, which is also another pet peeve of mine, but I won't get into that right now. Um, <laughs> so that was his issue. His issue was he took that on. I'll pass and let somebody else complain for a minute and I'll come back and talk. Can, can we talk about Santa and St. Nicholas? I was going to save that for later, but you go right ahead. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just going to say I can sympathize with the brother-in-law when he says Santa and Satan, they're only one letter off. Because if you remember, I said in one of the earlier episodes, my phone always corrects Santa to Satan. And I tell Siri all the <laughs> time, I never mean Satan. I mean Santa, so <laughs> I can understand I that frustration. I never mean Satan. <laughs> That's my favorite line. Yeah. I never mean Satan. This. That should be the name of our episode. That's, if that line were in the movie, that would be the best line of the movie. Oh, and going back to what Julia said, just so everybody knows, Christian tradition traditionally teaches that Joseph was much older than Mary. If you look at the earliest forms of Christian art, Joseph is always a much older man. Um, so if Kirk Cameron is supposedly, you know, looking at the roots of Christianity and trying to dispel um, inaccurate depictions of, of how Christians have traditionally celebrated and understood Christianity, I don't know why we missed the boat there. But I went on that tirade during the star. <laughs> so most of this movie takes place in the cab of Christian's SUV, okay, mm-hmm. which a good movie, it'd be difficult to stage an entire movie it's dialogue between two people in the cab of an SUV, but needless to say, this one doesn't even remotely pull that off. The worst part of this movie for me is how smug and holier than thou every single thing about Kirk Cameron is like everything, the way he rubs his beard when Christian starts to talk, the way his lips scrunch together when he's considering Christian's perspective Every, I mean, I, before halfway through the movie, I wanted to smack this guy. I mean, in, in no way are people like that ever effective for the cause of Christ ever. In no way are people like that effective in any rational debate ever. If you want to have an actual conversation about something, if you're going to be smug with somebody like that. Yeah. mm, Never mind. Well, actually, uh, Anthony. (laughs) Tom is stroking his beard and pursing his lips at me right now (laughs) no uh, I agree and let's let's also look at a realistic at the realistic setting that they've created so um, when post high school maybe college have you spent any amount of time in a parked car having a conversation with somebody you know as adults we have spaces we can go to that are inside right I don't don't understand their motivation to even go outside I don't understand why they went to the car 
And here's the thing. He he wanted to get away from the claustrophobic feeling, whatever, but don't go into something that would also feel claustrophobic, having a two-hour conversation in this cab of this truck. (laughs) And it's a Christmas movie, or supposed to be. Kirk Cameron wanted to make, or these people wanted to make a Christmas movie. Have him stand outside. People go outside for fresh air all the time. Then maybe you can at least get the Christmas lights in the background and, like, add a little Christmas to the scene. Like, oh, I I hate every decision in this movie, guys. I really do. Mm-hmm. Every single. How about decision. the twenty minutes of rock footage when discussing <laughs> the swaddling cloth and Jesus? How about the twenty <laughs> minutes of looking at the front of a rock? How'd you like that for production value? Sarah oh. caught the end with me when they're all break dancing, and she said, "Imagine these poor, like you saw these teenage kids at this party. It's probably their first acting credit on their resume, and they're wanting to break out in Hollywood. And their first acting credit is Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas breakdancing scene. Like they're blacklisted for like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh my god, I feel. So like- I will. Mm. I will give credit where credit is due. If you look at the most, um, the the if you look at depictions. Uh, from you know the early church of the nativity christ is always wrapped in what look like looks like a burial shroud um there has been a connection in um in christian especially in the east in the hymnography and the art the connection of christ being born and laid in the manger being an archetype of the being put into a cave and buried um in a new tomb after the resurrection there's always been there's always seen this connection so i'll give him credit there but again he takes something cool that could be a really good learning experience and kills it with his narcissistic self-righteous attitude. Yep. Mm-hmm. In 20 minutes of rock footage. In 20 minutes of rock footage. Quick break. If you haven't seen this movie, please don't. I no. feel compelled that I have to make that. Uh, and if, if you're not interested in listening to us rant and rave about something you've um, not seen, um, I would say then skip the rest of this episode and don't watch the movie. Wow. I just told people that it is better to not listen to us and to stop listening to our episode than to watch this movie. <laughs> and none of, neither of you corrected me. <laughs> I mean, no if, you, if, if you want to hear Julia and Tom and I get angry, see people seem to like us at when we're enraged and unified. This is probably a good episode for you. I don't. But, I, I will. I will go ahead and say right now. Um, if I were a gambling man, I would place large amounts of money on the fact that you will never hear us as passionately opposed to a movie as what you're going to hear on the rest of this episode. I can't wait for one year from now when we are passionately opposed to a movie as bad as we are to this one, and we can go back and pull that audio sample and put it in when I. When <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, Tom, don't you remember? If we see remember? a movie worse than this one, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's when, oh, can we make that our pact right now? If we ever yes. see a movie that is worse yes. than this one, we end the podcast. It's done. We have, we have destroyed. Yep. We, have, we have the three of us killed Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, Julia, and Tom killing Christmas. <laughs> It's just, it's a highly anticipated <laughs> sequel to How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So keep your eye out on that one, guys. Anthony, can you do me a favor in your editing? Can mm-hmm. we pause here right after I'm finished talking and play some cheerful 
classic Christmas music just to put the Christmas feel back in our podcast. Will do. That's a nice idea. And not that god-awful version of any of the Christmas music in this movie. Please. <laughs> I really like Angry Julia. She doesn't come out in <laughs> I really hate this movie. <laughs> We hope uh, you so, enjoyed that musical interlude. <laughs> Anthony, you want to lead us in the St. Nicholas talk? St. Nicholas slash Santa Claus talk? You mean how he's bad, but in a good way? Yes, 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 yes. Or do you mean how they mentioned Lord of the Rings and that should never be uttered <laughs> in a movie of this caliber? They destroyed a little Lord of the Rings for me just by mentioning it. Jesus, Christmas, Santa, Mary, Joseph. Lord of the Rings should not have been a part of this movie. Nope. None yeah, of it. the brother in law. Like Lord of the Rings right up there with our religion. <laughs> well, <laughs> Bible, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so the brother in law at this point, Dwayne, who is joining his real name, I forget the name, but he is. Uh, oh, right. How could I forget? That's not hitting the nail on the head, right? <laughs> so Christian, at this point, is complaining that Santa has basically usurped Jesus as a figurehead of the Christmas holiday and how it's an anagram for Satan, as I mentioned before. So uh, Cameron tells the story about how St. Nicholas went around uh, beating heretics for teaching false doctrine. And the whole time we see this really rough looking St. Nicholas in the past, really scary looking. He looked like a serial killer living in the woods for a few years, kidnapping and killing people. But we see him roaming the woods in the past, beating people. And he is terrifying. And he's uh, so, he, uh, it's awful. And in the present, it's the same guy playing Santa Claus. And you just see these murderous eyes behind the fake white beard. And it's, awful so to but santa is the man apparently according to christian that's the message santa is the man so to clarify the the, man. the gross misrepresentation of saint nicholas saint nicholas was not a crazy man who lived in the woods he was also not a violent person he was from a wealthy affluent family in modern day turkey he was the bishop of myra and lycia and uh he was at the the Church tradition teaches us that he was at the first council of Nicaea where they were discussing the divinity of Christ and Arius, a priest from 
present-day Egypt, had been teaching that Christ was not God. The two of them engaged in some sort of discussion, and Nicholas became very impassioned over his love of Christ, lost his temper, and did not punch him. It was an open palm strike. Very hard. He was ejected from the council, and there was a vision that all the other 318 bishops present in Nicaea had of St. Nicholas being enthroned, and uh, they were instructed that he was not a bad man, that he did this out of his love for Christ. St. Nicholas did not go back to Myra, did not go around slapping people, did not hang out in the woods waiting for somebody to walk by to be like, boom, heretic, punch. Um, none of that happened. He, was, he is known and remembered for his, why he is affiliated with, Saint, with, with uh, Christmas, is he was known for his generosity and love for children. Can I just say, any other movie that declares Santa Claus to be the man? I would agree with that. In this movie, no. I wanted to agree with that statement so much. Santa is a man. Yes, Santa is a man, but not the way you're portraying him, Tim. Okay, so I'm off my soapbox. St. Nicholas was a good man. So he wasn't portrayed as a WWE wrestler with a really bad wig on. (laughs) Oh, it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad he wasn't. You know, he, he, he also would have worn. He also would have worn the the traditional Byzantine uh, courtly attire, mm-hmm. which is present day Orthodox bishop wear. It would have been something along those lines. The Santa sleigh Santa Claus would have fit in right well in those backgrounds. That's those pretty much who he was. Scenes. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly who he was. Oh. Any other I scenes just, we like apart? Um, yeah, I want to talk about the scene where, uh, <laughs> I have a headache now. I really do. I want to talk about the scene where Christian runs into the house with this goofy expression on his face, just rushing toward the tree in an over-exaggerated running type of way, falls flat on his face and slips a, I wanted him to break his neck at that point for putting me through this horrendous lecture by Cameron for 70 minutes at this point. But B, I mean, I've never heard the presence under the tree described to be represent the city of Jerusalem. Oh, I like, can't even. Like, I can't even. I thought, I thought at first, before he got to that point, when he's like, look at it, the tree and the gifts and the child's perspective, I'm like, oh, that, that's, that's pretty nice. And then he went on to say, now picture they're the city of Jerusalem. And I was like, what is he talking about? I was like, at that point, I just literally threw my pen down. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I, I, there are no words. And then the creepy pictures he took with uh, Christian took with Santa Claus afterwards. He had to get in everyone's pictures of Santa. And uh, the breakdancing scene at the end—it was just awful, guys. It's awful. Well, who wants to see a forty-year-old white woman breakdance for one? And it was a seven-minute breakdancing scene. It wasn't like a thirty-second thing. It went on forever. Yeah, I mean, it was like the length of that entire song track. So like five minutes. It wasn't cut yeah. down. Yeah, it was exactly. It was at least three minutes and 30 seconds. I just, I, I can't. I don't. Hannah walked in at that moment when that big breakdancing scene was going on and she looked at me and she said, this is ruining Christmas. And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you, 13-year-old child for realizing the truth that 
Oh. Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> yeah. You know what also perplexed me? Like everything did, but this one really did. When he talked about every, he's trying to tie every single Christmas decoration in the house back to Christ somehow. And look, I celebrate Christmas first and foremost for the religious aspect of it, but not everything that I decorate with has to do with Christ. Okay. It just doesn't. And that's fine because not everything having to do with that part of Christmas has to have everything to do with religion. It just doesn't. So like the nutcrackers representing Herod's soldiers, and that's why he chooses to decorate with them in his house. Not in his house, in his nativity. Why? In his nativity scene. Yeah, make, let's make sure the nutcrackers are there to represent Herod's soldiers. By that respect, where is Satan represented in his house? Anywhere? I mean, he, he should himself. be right. Himself. In, He's in Satan. Everything. In if everything has an equal representation, where is that? It is present in Orthodox iconography of the nativity. Just saying. What is it in? Uh, Satan I'm is curious. always in the Satan is always in the bottom corner, dressed as an old man in 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 tattered clothes, talking to Joseph, who is sitting there um, questioning the story of uh, that that he's heard from Mary prior to the Archangel Gabriel. Interesting. So he's, being, he's being tempted by the devil. Um, it's also point out. I also feel the need to point out Herod's search for Christ was after Christ was born, not during the nativity. So the soldiers make even less sense. It's the same problem I had with the star. Um, it was afterwards, which is why all firstborns under the age of two were slaughtered by Herod, because he, if he had known Jesus was just born, he would have said, hey, this kid looks like he was born a week ago. Let's slaughter this one. No, he didn't know. It was after a certain amount of time, and he started slaughtering all children under two. God, this man. Ugh. You know, he's so smug and self-centered in this movie. I bet he searches Saving Christmas every now and then to see what pops up at it. So we have to make sure to tag Saving Christmas so he can listen to us tear apart his <laughs> crappy movie and bash him and it. See, I'm not, I, I don't want to say I'm bashing him. I'm not bashing him. I am. I'm saying that he needs to take a serious look at the character that he portrays as himself in this film, what he is saying, and the fact that he feels as though... The greatest story ever told needs to be saved, and the only person who can do it is him jumping with a candy cane, holding a snow globe, knocking down a tree on the cover of this poster. Now, I wouldn't be bashing him if he didn't have this whole campaign afterwards where he's arguing with people that the movie doesn't suck and there's a conspiracy to take it down. Like, no, I am like, this is awful. And I like her camera. I like, I love grow. I said, I love the growing pains. I loved things he's been in, but I just lost. I don't know. I don't like him. Any, I don't like him anymore after this film. Sometimes you just don't want to know. You just don't want to see a celebrity as who they are. And this is one of those times for me. If, if this was a character, I would have no problem. But again, it was his reaction to this film and its negative reviews that really put me off. Well, if this had been a character that was not the hero, I could have been okay with it. But it's the fact that the entire movie revolved around him as this character in this role with this attitude. I tried to write down quotes that would be worth mentioning, and I didn't have any. So I, just, I took it upon myself to look... Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, all those sites that usually have quotes from movies, there is not a single quote on that has been submitted to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, I had to confirm there have, <laughs> there were quotes listed 
on all American Christmas Carol, but there were none. For oh my gosh. Wait, so I have a question for you guys. Did you guys soldier on through and watch through the credits, all the bloopers? There were bloopers? No. No, I didn't watch either, but I was like fast forwarding through because I was like, oh, there's still like freaking 10 minutes to this. And I was fast forwarding through. And then I saw more scenes pop up. So I'm like, oh, don't tell me they have more. And they turned out to be bloopers. But I didn't even bother. I was like, nope. The moment Ugh. I realized the movie was over, I closed my browser. I did not just pause the movie. I closed my browser. I feel like I should have been... I feel like I need to clear my internet history so nobody knows <laughs> if they pick up my, my <laughs> iPad that I watch this movie. <laughs> so... Uh, we have no quotes. Julia, did you have any quotes that you thought we needed to cover? Oh, heck no. No. The little, the least I can remember about this movie, the better. Final the thoughts. The sad thing is I'm... F- final me. thoughts. You know what? Give me All-American Christmas Carol. I'd watch that again gladly before putting this movie on again. So I know we're, we're a little ways out. We've got, still got a few months until we hit our one year. But I know Anthony had mentioned before that he thought it would be cool for us to go back and look at some of our past reviews. And I am interested, now that this is our standard for the bottom, uh, I am interested to see what that conversation looks like in August. As we go back and I re-listen to the episode I'm going to listen to right before that, that I'm going to be referencing over and over again, is our first big argument, which was Arthur Christmas. And I'm going to find Anthony quotes and I'm going to see how they line up, how he feels about those quotes now watching this. But the one quote I do want to ask, you talked about Arthur Christmas being the most joyless Christmas movie. I, I will gladly admit that were I to review Arthur Christmas tomorrow following this film, I would be singing its praises. I would say it's the most beautifully Christmas, beautifully done Christmas movie. Such great colors and music. I'd probably give it, following this film directly, I'd probably give it like an eight. But like, <laughs> I, I did go back and listen to part of our um, One Magic Christmas, which is, was kind of, I mean, for what it was, all, we knew what All-American Christmas Carol was going to be. But, so I went back to what I considered to be the my bottom movie, which was One Magic Christmas. And uh, I think had I seen this movie first, it would have affected my rating of that film. Oh, it yeah. lo- Which I'm, I'm surprised about. Um, I felt that because, way a lot about a lot of our films we've done. Which makes it, you know, just having a, a conversation here break away before we get into back into this. It is interesting as I look at our list each week in, lo- in lieu of what we're watching, how much what I've seen now impacts what I've seen in the past. It's interesting to see what, I'm interested to see how that's going to affect over the next year, but I will say I still give uh, Alpha 10. It's like, it's like you I think you mentioned it during the Love Actually episode, Tom, that it's very, there's a very clear line of division between the films that will probably still kind of be the top versus everything that's come below it. I thought, and I really did think when we were making, when we were doing, when we were discussing uh, awful movies in the past, I really thought we, um, we had movies that were going to be the bottom of the barrel for a long time that may very well not be now. All right. So the important question for the night, and I can't even ask it with a straight face. Does this movie pass the Linus test? Julia. How heck now? Anthony. 
No. No. And I'm going to quote my favorite comment on YouTube that this could be an ad for atheism or Satanism and like why you should give either of those two things a shot because this is not, does not only not pass the Linus test, this is not a Christmas movie. So no. my thought on this is, is not only does this movie not pass the Linus test, but to me, this movie has created what I think we need to refer to as the anti-Linus test. Ooh, I like that. Is it. there a movie that can dis- that can make us annoyed with the things that we love about Christmas? And this movie, so that's my next question after you guys. Does this pass the anti-Linus test? Does this take things that you genuinely love about Christmas and taint them for you? 110%. Yes. Cool, me too. Yes. No Linus test, yes anti-Linus test. All right. And no Christmas. I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm going to hammer that. It's not a Christmas movie in my mind. I, I agree with you. And there's the only time I feel like they put any effort to make it feel Christmas was that opening scene. That was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the dinner table was set very nicely at the end before they started talking again and showing their faces. Again. When they talked about make sure you put out your most expensive everything to properly celebrate the holiday no, as no, no, it should be. I I hated the dialogue, but totally it looked be- it looked beautiful. beautiful. Scene. But that was shocking to me as well. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. So I think where oh he was gosh, going with that, I will give him some credit. I'm going to try to put this in, in a nicer light. And that's that when we are doing things to celebrate Christmas, we should try to, to have things that, are, that do represent Christ. I don't think that means we need to break the budget and do everything, but we should have, we should... Just like with everything, I, I feel like our religion should have some elements of us doing, giving our best to God. But I don't think the way to do that is by buying a nice punch bowl. <laughs> you know, well, there was the fact a- that he follows it up so quickly by saying it's a material thing because Christ was a material gift to us. So that's why we buy material things and give gifts and create the skyline of Jerusalem on the floor underneath our. I just that it just there are infinitely more entertaining videos that come up in the recommended viewing on youtube next to this movie and a few (laughs) of them are uh basically reaction videos of people watching this movie and i'm glad to see everyone feels the same way about this film as we do i'm glad to see christians feel the same way i'm glad to see atheists feel the same way everyone can hate this is a unifying this movie brings brings us us all together together for christmas it does (laughs) whatever you get out of christmas whether you celebrate the religious aspects or not this movie we can all agree is the crappiest uh whatever we've exhausted it can we rate this thing all right julia what's your rating (laughs) 0.000 anthony i really wish we could go negative but zero i give it zero 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 this is our i'd like to apologize to all american carol for giving it a zero (laughs) it it now deserves a point an infinitesimal number point zero 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 one uh i would just like to share a little insight into our process for our listeners uh every week when we grade these movies we look at our spreadsheet to see what we've graded previous movies that way we can kind of you know, it helps us figure out our individual grades a little bit. Uh, so I was a little bit shocked just now to open up our Slack conversation to see Tom linked us to the spreadsheet as if I would need to compare this movie against anything else we've done in the past. 
Um, All right. So that was awful. That was a terrible experience watching it. Talking to you guys was a lot more fun than I anticipated. I did not want to. Uh, <laughs> I had actually suggested early on that we, when I started it, because I started this movie uh, a week before you guys did. <laughs> and I chimed in, guys, we really need to pull this. This movie is that bad. Um, so uh, you can thank Anthony for putting his heels in the ground and saying, no, we said we're going to do this movie and we're going to do this movie. I had to. I wanted this to be in our rearview mirror and never to darken our doorstep again. All right. So just just a reminder, if this was an awful experience for you, we're sorry. You can have a good new Tis the Podcast experience. Become one of our patrons. Mm -hmm. On Patreon, we do have from last week the new Clue episode uh, where we discuss the cult classic film Clue. It's a lot more cheery and positive than this podcast was and i would argue it's more christmasy than this podcast was (laughs) even though there's not a single mention of anything christmas exactly Uh, they did have their nicest (laughs) stuff out so obviously it was christmas time right there you go if you want to rant with us come join us on our subreddit on twitter instagram facebook or on our webpage via comments our webpage tisthepodcast.com you can also see our movie rankings and see how this one will gloriously fit in at the very bottom if you are so inclined you can rate or review us in the itunes music store and that helps other people see the podcast in their searches um but yeah i think that we could have a lot of really fun angry conversations about this one i'm super excited about next week because it will definitely be an uptick from the last few weeks and i'm excited about it because i like this movie so we are watching rise of the guardians next week and we purposely schedule this for easter because the easter bunny is a pivotal character in this film can i just that's right give a little tease for our listeners i will say this film in my opinion if we did this any earlier, it might have been another Arthur Christmas situation. So I am very much looking forward to seeing this movie after our retroactively named month of bad movies. So, <laughs> Anthony, this movie, this whole episode has been kind of a downer, right? It's been awful. Can you give us, out of your brain, can you think of any positive news to give our listeners something to look forward to, please? Oh, I, I think I can pull a bit from thin air. Guys, we only have 274 days until Christmas. It's only 39 weeks. How exciting is that? Yeah. All right. Until next week, I hope you don't see Kirk Cameron's face. <laughs> also, because this was such a downer of an episode, instead of picking one of the god-awful songs from the movie... We are going to play you guys out with something much more classically Christmas and cheerful. You're welcome. Bye, guys. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe 
help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh, and every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly. And so I'm offering this simple phrase. Kids from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas. <laughs>